Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. I, I need a little more time, okay, today, so we bear with me. Don't anybody run out and, or be disgusted with me because I'm going to be a little bit longer. It's not actually being longer. It's just it's going to run us past 12 a little bit. I need to share with you some things about uh, faith promise, missions, and what it means and what the Scripture says about it. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 is obviously the greatest verse in the Bible in explaining what we call it. Um, you, you, we'll get there in just a minute. Uh, Abraham, Abel, Noah, uh, Sarah all died putting their faith in a promise given to them by God concerning their coming Messiah, believing he will come with their salvation, never, but never seeing him come. That's an amazing thing. And a lot of that fits or illustrates faith promise, which I'll show you. When God promises something, you have to remember that you can count on it. In other words, you, you don't have to doubt in it at all. He leaves no room for doubt. Everything works by faith, and it doesn't work by sight. So the truth is we are to live our entire Christian life based on our faith in God's promises. Most of the time, we'll have no idea what he's doing. We just don't know. You heard her testimony. It's like all of a sudden, God puts this in her, on her plate. Uh, most of the time we have no idea what he's doing and there are fewer times right that he shows us clearly what he is doing uh, but there are times when he does do that so we really never know what he's doing when he's doing it why he's doing it therefore our part in missions really is simply just to trust him by faith give to it uh, and then live by faith right in the faithfulness he has to us and giving to us so uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through, uh, through 10. I want to just read this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But it goes on. It says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, marrow to thy bones. And then he says, Honor the, the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I wish we understood this, enough to believe that. If you just uh, give of your substance to the Lord's work, uh, ministries like Rahab Ministries will make a big impact in, in upstate New York. So whether we see the results or not is really not up to us. Whether, whether the results are good for us or not, whether the thing is right for us or not, whether it blesses us or burdens us, in all cases, we are to walk by faith, right, in his faithfulness to us, right, and not by what our sight says. In other words, it's easy to open your pocketbook and look into it and say, oh, I don't really have that much money to do anything with this thing. Well, let me share, you, share with you a few things here about faith promise, which proves that wrong. You see, just as Christians partner with missionaries in prayer by faith, they also share in the fruit of their labors. And they do it through sacrificial financial giving by faith. Give, and it shall be giving to you, right? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, ye meet with it all shall be measured to you again. Now think about that. And that just means that you can't outgive God. Uh, the truth is you can't outgive him or outbless him, but you can bring 
unwanted harm and unneeded burdens to others and even yourself when we don't give or won't participate in his plan of giving with our own finances. See, he has a cause, and he's put that cause on our hearts, and he expects his people to provide for it. So few people take this verse seriously. Right here, Ecclesiastes 5.13. There's a sore evil which I have seen under the sun. This is Solomon talking. Namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. You know, it's very easy to get into that need to keep some money for a rainy day. We need to put it aside, because just in case God doesn't take care of us. Well, that's really a slap in God's face. You see, this is why God makes one of the sources of our greatest joy is in giving. That's what it is. He's a generous giver. He's a bountiful giver. I mean, he, he gives, and when he gives, he really gives. And knowing that our gifts bless God, that's what we should want to do in all, that, in all of our giving, especially to enable missionaries like Chris to stand in the, uh, their stead. In other words, we can, we can stand in, in, on behalf of her, in the breach for her, or for all the missionaries that we support here at the church. So the financial cost of taking the gospel to foreign lands, listen to me, is a formidable task. Uh, any, any, even local uh, missions, it's a formidable t- there's a formidable barrier to the success of modern missions today. We have more money than we've ever had ever in this world right now. And yet, and I mean, just all you gotta do is just travel a little around near these beach towns, uh, like down south where in Pensacola, and you say, where do these people get this kind of money? It's amazing, right? Well, they've, they've gotten it because God has blessed them with it, but they're not blessing God with, with what they've received. They're just living their lives uh, for this life only. The truth is this, we all have money we have put away for a rainy day that we could take from and give to missions. That's the truth, right? For some, this amount is substantial. You got a good size savings accounts or retirement accounts or equity and property investments. For others, it may be just a few hundred dollars hidden in a freezer or under a mattress, right? But nonetheless, for the most part, everyone has something that they can give and God will take that little something, right? And he'll multiply it into great things. So by faith promise, giving is a little different, though. Now let me explain this, because really we need to understand this. Uh, I didn't understand it really when I first, uh, first started doing it in our church. While money alone can't convert a single soul, missionaries are sent and sustained only by sacrificial financial commitments of God's people. So that's, why God, that's the way God designed it. Therefore, God can be counted upon, right, to provide for it through us, right, his children, if we would just ask for it. Now, don't miss this, if we would just ask for it. So it's not about what you have put away. It's about what God will bring your way by faith in his promise to do so to achieve his goal in the mission field if you want to participate in it. The trouble is a lot of people don't participate in it. In a little while, you're going to get a slip for faith promise. And I'll share with that a little more about that in a minute. That means you want to participate. Uh, and you're, you're going to take these slips and you'll fill out based on what God has put on your heart. It's not about what you have put away. It's about what God will bring away. So lack of funds has determined effects, has uh, detrimental effects upon those who are in ministry. I think we all understand that. Lack of funds can devastate the effectiveness of any ministry. 
Let's just think about that just in the pastor. If a pastor has to work 40 hours a day just to make his bills, to get his bills paid, right? And then when does he have time to do the actual ministry? Right? I'm not against bivocational. I'm not against that at all. But I want to be able to give, you know, 24-7 my time to ministry all week long. That's, that's why we do it. That's what a missionary does. We want to get them into the field as quickly as possible and then get the job done right away because they're, they're being provided for. So we don't want any detrimental effects. If he or she is constantly burdened how to survive because of their lack of finances, he or she can't focus on the main cause for reaching the souls in the area they've been sent to. So no servant of Christ fits, fits this truth more than those who are called by God to a particular mission field or a particular mission. So many missionaries lack funds to get the job done because of believers who refuse to release their funds. Now I'm challenging you here this morning. Lack of givers and their giving can significantly hinder uh, the mission of God and delay the departure of new missionaries. Anyone who has a real heart for missions will always ask within their own heart, what can I do? How can I better finance and facilitate a missionary to get into the job done for Christ. So faith promise giving not only provides funds for missions, right, but also advances every objective of the local church's mission program. Everybody with me so far? Because I'm going really fast, but I want to get this all in. So faith promise offers three great advantages over all other methods of giving. First, faith promise giving elevates the church's mission program to the place of great priority. I believe in missions, and I believe this church is a missions church. Secondly, faith promise giving fosters a more direct and personal connection between the church members and the missionaries, right? An actual connection. Uh, thirdly, with faith promise giving, church members are more eager to participate in other missions-related programs. In other words, once you get involved with it, it kind of gets addictive. It's like you want to be able to help. You see it helping, and you want to do more. So your desire for soul winning, church planting, even mission trips will all increase with your participation, right, in faith promise giving. And of course, the greatest reason of all is for men and women uh, in, within the voice of the preaching will respond to the call of ministry from a mission-minded church. And I pray there will be someone here in our church that will respond to the call and say, I want, I'm called to Bulgaria, I'm called to Turkey, I'm called to uh, Laos or, or Bangkok, you know, wherever it is that you're called to, or to a particular ministry like this, locally. And giving to missions through faith promise definitely promotes a strong sense of personal connection. And that's what we want. So even though faith promise giving is a modern program, which it is, right, the program is built upon solid biblical principles. Now I'm going to share them with you in the next 10-15 minutes. I want you to Listen carefully, because most give credit to the Canadian preacher A.B. Simpson, right, from 1843 to 1919 for the Faith Promise Program. So it's relatively new to us in churches, uh, this Faith Promise thing. But practicing faith in your finances is as necessary as practicing faith in all other areas of your life. So God can get nowhere with you until he is Lord over your heart and pocketbook. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Until he's over that, uh, he can get nowhere with you 
in a lot of other areas. So 2 Corinthians 10, 15 through 16, I'm going to ask you to turn there quickly. 2 Corinthians 10, 15 through 16, uh, it kind of lays the foundation for what I want to say. 2 Corinthians 10, 15 through 16. In fact, I'm going to start with verse 13, if you don't mind. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to which even unto you. Did you get that? Distributed us, even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as uh, to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of the things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our uh, rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things. Make ready to our hands. So Paul's thought line is this. This is his thought line. He would never promote himself because anything he accomplished uh, was according to what God had imparted to him. In other words, um, if you think about that in your finances, there's, there's nothing you have within your finances that God didn't give to you. He gave it all to you. Uh, so it just depends on what, you're about, what you want to give back to him. So the, the point Paul was trying to convey was, as their faith increased, what would happen is their influence would decrease and their giving would decrease. So when your, when your faith is increased, we shall be enlarged by you to preach the gospel in the regions beyond. Now, he had uh, already in previous chapters established a thought through give, this illustration through giving, the, through principles, and there are, I got a few of them here. The first principle is this, right? Is that they first gave of themselves to the Lord by faith. All right, they first gave of themselves, it says in 2 Corinthians 8 5, as 8 5 says, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord as unto the will of God. So you first had to give of yourself. The second principle is was their attitude towards giving by faith must be cheerful. I love to give. Um, I, I didn't in the beginning, but I do now. Right? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, because I have to, for God loveth a cheerful giver, the one that wants to. The third principle was their level of willingness to give by faith would demonstrate their level of desire to further the work of God. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So that kind of pushes the, I got money, you don't have money, right out the door. And the fourth principle of giving by faith demonstrated a debt of gratitude, right, to all that Christ had given them. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For we know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, right, he became, what? Poor. That ye through his poverty might be made rich. And the fifth principle of faith, promise giving, is that it allowed believers to give beyond what they had, beyond their power. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, 2, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty 
and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. You see? And the last principle is this, is no one is exempt from, from participating in faith promise giving. Um, you can't say, well, I, I can't do that now. I got too much debt or I got too, or I, you know, I got too many things to do. It's not, that's not the way the Bible teaches. And I'm going to explain that one more step in just a second. Now, stay with me. Uh, for, therefore, as ye, you, as ye, you abound in everything in faith and in utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love towards us, see that you abound in this grace also. So Paul concluded by commending the impoverished Macedonian believers, right, for their exemplifying these principles of giving beyond measure. In other words, they didn't even have it and they were giving it. Now, don't miss this. They gave beyond what they had. And this is the founding principle of faith promise missions. It demonstrates to us that financing missions does not depend so much on our deep pocketbooks, but on the deep treasures of God and the deep conviction of our, our, our hearts to access them for his field, for his mission work. As, it, as the name suggests, faith promise giving. It's not based on our means, but rather on the faith commitment to give based on his faithfulness to provide. I think we mix that up sometimes. You know, I, it doesn't matter if you got a, a dollar or a million dollars in the bank. It's not based on that. It's based on what God wants to give to you if you just ask him to do the mission, right? To get the mission done. It goes beyond regular ties. It goes beyond love offerings. And that we already know we can do and are supposed to do, by the way. But faith promise giving is based on what only God can do. That's what makes it so powerful. You know, you pray unto God and you ask him, what amount do you want me to give? And all of a sudden he lays on your heart something that really challenges you. And you say, all right, Lord, I'll do it. But you have to give it. And when you do that, that's what I, when the Sunday school message, when I was talking about how he's he permits he permits it and he allows some of that treasure to come towards you it goes beyond it see faith promise given is based on what only god can do not what you can do so this is why each year church members are challenged to exercise our faith in god by making a yearly commitment to the church's missions program that's why we do this and we continue to do this because it works you know the church can only increase its missionaries commitments for the next year based on faith commitments of its people to provide what they don't even know they have yet. So here, here's what faith promise giving is not. Right? Faith promise giving is not how much will I commit to missions based on what I can safely take from my tithe. That's what it's not. Or faith promise is not how much can I afford to take out of my savings each week to make a weekly commitment. That's what it's not. Ra rather, the question is, how much can I give to faith promise missions each week based on what God tells me to give and then trusting God to give it to me, right? And then when he gives it to me, to give it back to him in the mission account. That's exactly how it works. And he may lay a huge number on your heart. He may lay a little number on your heart. You know, he knows your needs. So therefore, the simplicity of the faith promise giving program makes it appropriate and possible for churches of all sizes, uh, uh, of all incomes, right, uh, to, to achieve it and to have success in it. 
So, so God's people should be given time to pray about it, then ask God what their commitment should be based on what God lays on your heart. And we're going to open that up. We're going to give out these things in just a second. It's going to take, you're going to have all the way to November 20th to pray on it, to fill it out, the amount that God says you're to give. It works because God wants to honor that request. In fact, the rewards are endless in faith promise giving because it spills over into every other area of your life. It really does. Uh, so we see why it works and why it works so effectively. Now I'll turn over to Hebrews 13 and we'll close with this. I actually got done almost in time. Actually, did I, have I got the wrong verse here? I want to make sure. No, Hebrews 11, sorry. Hebrews 11, 13. And you see the components behind its success. And this is what you got to get down in your heart and mind right now, right? These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded by them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. All right, let me, let me just look up here. Number one, it's based on something that's not received yet. It's based on something that's not received yet, right? You can't actually see it yet. You believe it's coming by faith and it will arrive as promised according to his faithfulness, not yours. Right? He's going to send it. If you'll ask it and believe him for it, he'll send it. Look at the second thing. It's seen afar off. So even though you can't actually see it yet, you can actually see it as if it's real. And I mean, as it's coming, just as if it's already arrived. You already see it there. That's how confident you are about it. And then it's persuasive, right? It's very convincing to them. There was no doubt about it. If you are so convinced that it's coming, you make a promise based on it with confidence in God. You believe with all your heart God rewards faith and his faithfulness. And then look what else it says. It's embraced. Whenever I think of that, I think of Jacob. You're not going to let go of it until you receive it and can be a blessing with it. Remember, Jacob, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Well, it's almost like saying, I'm not going to let you go, Lord, until you bless me so I can bless them. So you're ready to give it all back to God for his glory when it comes. It's just embrace, even when other obligations come in the meantime. And by the way, they will come. That's what Satan does, right? They all arrive. God didn't give it to you for that purpose. I promise you that when you write on that slip what you want to give, God's going to, the doctor's bill will arrive that was more than you expected. Or, or you'll see unexpected car repairs come. Or the landlord's going to raise the rent. That's the way it works. Uh, everything you do by faith, Satan's going to challenge it and challenge your faith. So that's what happens. But no. You've embraced this, that if when God gives it, you know it's from him, and it needs to go back to him, or remissions. Uh, they don't get any of it. Only God gets it, because God didn't uh, give it for anything else but that. It all came from God. It's going to all be used for God in Missionville. And, and lastly, it's confessed. Uh, that's when you really know you've believed something is when you start confessing it with your mouth. 
You know, when you really believe it, you start confessing it with your mouth. You are so sure of its coming, you confess it with your mouth. You write it down, just like on these slips, are going to come to you in just a minute. You write it down. It's like a contractual covenant of assurance. It's the done deal. It's so counted as done. You thank him for it in advance and declare it from the mountaintops. I close with this. When John, uh, James Gordon Bennett sent Henry Stanley to search for David Livingstone in Africa, he said this, draw, me, uh, draw on me for a thousand pounds today to provide you for your equipment. And when that is exhausted, draw on me for another thousand. And when it is done, draw another, but find Livingstone. Do you see what he's saying? Draw, ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. And then when you exhaust that, ask me again, and I'll just give you more to keep going. And when that's exhausted, just as that, do you realize we can't exhaust the riches of God? God authorizes us to draw on him. And when the day supply is exhausted, we are to draw another day supply, and then another, and then another. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? But my God, that's a personal statement, is it shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know in Gibeon, uh, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said to him, Ask what I should give thee. I love that. That's what I'm challenging you off, to go to the Lord and say, you know, he's saying, ask what I should give thee. He's saying that to you. And you ask him. Well, this is what I would like, uh, but what do you want me to, what, do you, what are you going to give so I can give, right? James said, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Just think how much you could receive if you asked him with his intentions for it. Just his intentions. Matthew 7, 11 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? So in conclusion, listen. What is the amount God wants you to give this year to Faith Promise Missions? And you're going to expect him to be faithful to give it so that you can give it to the missions program in, in Lighthouse Baptist Church this year. Right? It needs to take some prayer. The only way you're going to know is to ask for it. And the only way uh, that's going to happen is, is through prayer. That's what prayer is. It's asking. Believing him to give and then giving it when it arrives. So the men... Uh, uh, are going to come forward right now. I'm going to ask them to come forward right now. And they're going to pass out these green slips and, uh, and they're going to give one to everyone. I encourage you all to get them. Take one of those slips. I want you to pray over it. Uh, go to serious prayer. Ask God what he wants you to give or commit to missions based on what he will provide to you. Trusting him that he will provide it uh, when you make that commitment and then simply give it back to him through the missions program of this church and then watch God do a major work. Thank you, Sunday, the 20th of November. David will read the amount to us, and we'll celebrate together into what God has done. You know, we'll have an amount, or that's what we're going to expect for this coming year. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and it's going to be fun watching. I love watching God uh, do things that I, that I can't believe can be done, right? Uh, might have one of the biggest missions... Uh, faith missions uh, promise uh, giving that we've ever had here. I don't know. It just depends on what God does. 
Right? We want to ask him, no. We've got to stay faithful to it. Um, and he'll show you. I promise you he will. I remember, I, I show this uh, as they're passing them out. I remember years ago, and in, in, uh, we did this in our church, and there was a, a lady in our church. She said, I've been asked, and I've been asked, and I don't know what it is. I, I, just, I just don't, I'm not sure. And she said, and, er, and every day I'd get in the mail uh, the reconciliation bank account from her checking account. And in that, it said she had $700 more than she had. She said, I kept going down to the bank. I said, she said, I guess there's $700 in here more than I have. And, she, and the bank says, that's what you have. She says, no, my, I reconciled my bank account every month. It says, I don't have 700 They said, that's what you have. She dealt with that for weeks until she finally said, that's what God wants me to give. It was money unintended. Then, then she, yeah, she wrote a check for $700 and just gave it to the church. And, and I watched her life be blessed for that. But not only her life, our missions program got blessed. So God is good, amen? We've got to expect that from him. He wants to bless. He wants to give to us. So I'm going to pray right now uh, that God would bless us. I, but I don't want to leave this program or this service just today. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.